Part of the Rewatching Good Television Podcast Network. It's the Sorkin Cast. Here's your host, Matthew Murdick. Hello, everybody. It is episode 38 of the Sorkin cast, and it is our mid-season of season two of West Wing Feedback podcast. This is the first time that I've actually had the chance to record in a while, because normally I record everything in big blocks, and then I get to uh, move on to doing my other business, and then I come back and I record big blocks of episodes. So I'm happy to be talking pretty currently. Uh, We just had a deadline of April 19th as the last day to submit feedback. I did get one other email past that date that I snuck in here. I'm recording on a Thursday, and uh, it's great to be with you. My name is Matt Murdock, and I am from sorkincast.wordpress.com, and that's where you can find contact links if you want to submit feedback. We will have another feedback show uh, after we conclude Season 2, so you will have uh, until July 12th to submit any last thoughts about Season 2 in regards to the series The West Wing, and you will also have an opportunity to submit your West Wing Awards nominations. Just think of Season 2 and think of what your favorite and least favorite episodes are, what your favorite and least favorite scenes are of the season, who your favorite and least favorite main character are in Season 2, and who your favorite and least favorite guest star is in season two and if you get all that into me by july 12th once again you will be included in the west wing awards and that feedback podcast how do you submit that feedback you might ask well sorkincast at gmail.com or if you want to leave a voicemail and have it played on the podcast you can always call 314-669-1840 or you can simply tweet me on twitter at SorkinCast, with any thoughts that you have. Before we get into everybody's great feedback, and I'll be including iTunes and and Stitcher reviews as well. Thank you for submitting those. Those are always appreciated. Uh, But before we get into that, for you West Wing nuts that might want to see some of the stars of the West Wing, there's going to be somewhat of a cast and creator reunion at the ATX Television Festival this summer, which runs June 9th through the 12th in Austin, Texas. The producers and cast of NBC's former Emmy-winning drama series will reunite for a panel at the fan conference that marks the 10-year reunion of the show's finale. The panel will feature creator Aaron Sorkin and producer-director Thomas Schlamme, along with cast members Bradley Whitford, Dulé Hill, Joshua Molina, Richard Schiff, and Janelle Maloney, with potentially more to come. So, uh, man, Donna, Toby, Will Bailey, you got uh, Charlie, 
you got Josh, and then, of course, the two guys that really made this series so great, Aaron Sorkin and, and Thomas Shalami. That would be a fun conference. So if you live in the Austin area or you're going to the ATX Television Festival, you've got a West Wing treat for you right there. I'm sure you can look it up on the web and figure out where tickets are available. I don't know if they've announced the actual date of the panel yet, so you'd probably have to buy the whole three-day pass to ensure that you could get in on that. Anyway, that's the news. Uh, Let's get into just, I'm going to start off with the iTunes reviews because I do like to acknowledge people for taking the time to leave me a written review on iTunes or on Stitcher or really whatever podcatcher app you use. But we're going to start with this iTunes review by Echo Victor Romeo from Ireland. And it was on January 13th, 2016, and he gave the podcast five stars. Thank you so much. Great podcast, great recap, fun to listen to the clips. Next best thing to an audio release of The West Wing on iTunes. Thanks, Matt. Keep up the good work. Thank you for taking the time to write in all the way from Ireland. Good to hear people from other countries are listening to this as well. And that the love of Sorkin's work is international, not just an American thing. The next one is from DJS22867 in the iTunes store, which was January 14th, and gave the podcast four stars. After several episodes of the Sorkin cast, it seems like most of the shows are hosted by one guy who describes the West Wing as something of a quote-unquote guilty pleasure. Not that I'd consider the West Wing a guilty pleasure by any definition, but to each their own. One episode so far included a guest, some guy who'd never seen the West Wing before. He liked the show, but is clearly no expert or longtime fan. Not sure why he was there, to tell you the truth. He's not nearly as much of a fanboy as the hosts of Post Hoc, but he definitely respects Sorkin's work. Another difference from Post Hoc, not only are episodes longer, but they're pretty heavy on clips from the show which helps explain why they're a bit longer. And while there aren't any outright spoilers per se, he does go into a few more details about upcoming episodes and plot lines than post hoc. And since this one's about Aaron Sorkin's collective works, he talks a lot more about Sorkin's overall style, including his other works. Sorkin cast seems to be more thought-provoking, whereas post hoc seemed more lightweight. Both are good podcasts, but totally different styles. I plan on following both of them. All right. Uh, Thank you, DJS22867, for your review, I I guess, not only of my podcast, but of also uh, Post Hoc, um, which I have not listened to. Actually, I haven't listened to anybody's podcast. Joshua Molina, folks, by the way, has a new podcast, and I know it's taken all of the West Wing fans by storm. Um, but I'm sure that you can get all kinds of great insights as far as, uh, you know, what goes into making a television show as well as, as just insights maybe into things that were in the script that didn't come across as well on the, on the TV show. Um, so you might want to check out Josh Molina's cast. I'm not even sure what the title is, but it'll be the first one. If you type West Wing into any, uh, podcast into any search engine it'll probably be the first hit so just uh, take a look for that now on january 27th 2016 in the australia itunes store very cool vixter tommy 
gave the podcast five stars. Um, thank you very much for the ranking. And here are your comments. Really insightful commentary about the first season of The West Wing. For all those who are fans of Aaron Sorkin's writing, this podcast covers character development and plot storylines of one of his best television series. Can't wait for other Sorkin shows to be done in a similar fashion. Uh, and that is the plan. Thank you very much. Yes, that is definitely the plan is to do at least, you know, Sorkin stopped writing for the West Wing um, after season four. So we're going to at least do four seasons of the West Wing. We're also going to do all of Sports Night. We're also going to do all of the newsroom um, and continue to cover movies. Also, the Sunset Strip series even though it was very short-lived. Sports Night wasn't that long either, but we will cover all of those things. And then after that, you know, we'll be interspersing some of the of his movie work, as you've seen before. And then after all of that, I'm not sure uh, if we will go back and do the last three seasons of West Wing or not. But that's kind of the decision that I've come to, is to know to at least do all of Sorkin's four seasons of West Wing, and then we'll see if there's a demand uh, for anything beyond that. So thanks again for the review. And this iTunes review by Seth M. Parks from the U.S. iTunes Store on February 29th, 2016. Did it on Leap Day. I love that. That's great. Uh, a great way to review West Wing and other Sorkin work. Deep, thorough, love it. Thank you very much. A five-star U.S. iTunes review for from March 13th, 2016, by Battlegirl Deb, who says, Just started re-watching The West Wing. For most of the seasons of the show, I missed episodes because I had a night job at the time the show aired. I have listened to a few other podcasts and realized I was missing the way you break down the show. We'll be listening to more of your podcast. All right, well, thank you very much, and again, for taking the time to leave a review in the U.S. iTunes Store on March 21st, 2016 in the U.S. iTunes Store, Mr. Dedalus posted this review. It's five stars and it says, I'm a huge fan of the West Wing and find a new approach to an old friend like this refreshing. I definitely don't agree with some of his points, but he approaches the show's flaws and strengths honestly and with a real clarity of detail. Thanks. And thank you for your thoughts. And uh, gee, man, if you don't like, if you don't agree with me, feel free to write in and 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 say why. Uh, I'd love to share that on these feedback podcasts. Five stars also from Molly K W in the U.S. iTunes Store on March twenty third, two thousand sixteen. Loving the podcast, I've been binge listening to the podcast rather than binge watching the series for what would be the fifth time. I'm a big Toby fan, especially in the first couple of seasons, so it's nice to hear that from the host as well. Yes, I, I am a Toby fan, uh, definitely a Toby fan. So thank you very much for the review. Five stars in Stitcher from Yaman, that's the U.S. Stitcher store, April 6, 2016, says, I've been a West Wing fan since its airing and watched the complete series once a year. I think this podcast... For the West Wing episodes, obviously, really gives an in-depth analysis of each episode. Does not reveal any spoilers without warning you if you're a newcomer. Great stuff and enjoy. 
All right. Thank you very much for that review in Stitcher. From what I've heard from people, and especially from this next reviewer, uh, Carrie Winkle, who uh, I talk to on Twitter every once in a while, um, it seems like, I don't know if there's a way on your Stitcher app on your phone if you can leave a review of a podcast or not. You can on the web, though, so just go to sorkincast.wordpress.com. I've got links for the Stitcher and the iTunes stores there. It goes to the web page that way, and you can uh, leave a review in that fashion. And that brings me to this final uh, five-star review in Stitcher from Carrie Winkle. It was put out on April 13th, 2016. He says, This podcast follows a specific structure every time and does well interspersing a few clips. Occasional guests, interesting insights, plus a few bits of trivia make this a good companion for both first-timers and re-watchers. All right. Thank you, uh, Carrie Winkle, for your Stitcher review. And that's it for the reviews. Once again, thank you all so much. You can find links to leave me written reviews at the website, sorkincast.wordpress.com, and I I really appreciate you guys taking the time to do so. And even if it's a one-star review and you want to, you know, totally bash this show, I just, the, the most important thing for me is that I understand where you guys are coming from as fans of the shows that I cover so that I can, um, make, your podcast experience with me more enjoyable. Um, that's the main reason I need the reviews. Plus, these days, I mean, when I started SorkinCast just over a year ago, I think, maybe a little less than a year ago, there were like two active podcasts that were covering anything Sorkin. And both of them were covering West Wing at the time. And now there are like eight I love that the fandom is coming back around to the show and, and they're starting to talk about it more. I don't claim to have anything to do with that, naturally. It's just that I happen to be thinking the same thing that a lot of people were, and we're all looking at this series again. And now, like I said, Joshua Molina, uh, with his podcast, is probably really excited, the old West Wing fans, to get back into the show. So there might even be more podcasts about the West Wing out there. I do like to distinguish myself, though, by saying that even though we've primarily covered West Wing so far, we are going to cover all of Sorkin's work because I I feel like that um, Sorkin's writing, no matter what television show he's working on, is the standard to look at rather than just um, the individual television shows themselves. Anyway, let's get to some Twitter feedback now that I've had. And this one from at G Farman, who said, just had a realization. Are you going to do West Wing season five or stop at season four? Well, I kind of already answered that. Um, It's going to depend on everybody. And right now there is a poll open at sorkincast.wordpress.com. After we complete a season, I ask what to cover next. And that can be your choice. I I put the choices on your poll results, which is the next season of West Wing. Do you want to do newsroom? Do you want to do whatever? That poll stays open until Mother's Day. That's uh, U.S. Mother's Day, May 8th, 2016. So if you get this podcast before then and you want to help me decide what we cover next, is it season three of West Wing? Is it the first season of newsroom? Is it the first season of sports night? Whatever you think we ought to do make your voice heard by voting and then after i get the results of that i'll start preparing for the next set of shows 
and have hopefully some of that all wrapped up before you even get to the end of season two of West Wing. And we'll be ready to go and be able to continue. I can't guarantee that simply for the fact that my music schedule is constantly changing. And because of that, it's hard for me to anticipate whether I will have time to record episodes in advance, which is really about the only way I can do it. And that's also why I have not as many guests as I'd like to have, because I do have to record sometimes in blocks of two or three days. And sometimes my guests just aren't available at that time, or they haven't seen the episodes that I'm covering and they don't have time to watch the episode and and be ready to talk about it. Um, So it's really on my schedule where a lot of the problems I think that people have with the podcast comes about. But back to the original question from at G Farman on Twitter. Um, It will depend on you guys. We are definitely going to do the first four seasons. And really what order we do any of this stuff, again, depends on the poll. We might do three seasons of West Wing and then all of a sudden uh, the fans want to do a season of Sports Night. And I'm fine with that. But after we get through four seasons of the West Wing, then I will put up a separate poll asking if we should continue or not. And I will just let you guys decide on that. So thanks again uh, for tweeting me with that question at G Farman Um, at platonic underscore PC. That's the platonic podcast. And they actually did a really nice review of this podcast in one of their episodes. These are buddies of mine from the uh, hashtag Potter and family on Twitter. They have an episode. uh, Again, if you follow at platonic underscore PC, You'll see uh, a link to their podcast, uh, and they have a podcast episode entitled Marriage, and uh, they were very kind to review this podcast. But as far as their tweet, it was in regards to the Noel podcast just recently, and they said, nice job on the hashtag Noel podcast, but you're right, the nonverbal acting and the cinematography is what takes that episode to the next level. And I totally agree. You know, sometimes being an audio podcast, maybe I should take more time to describe what's happening visually than just trying to cut the clips down. I don't know how best to serve an audience in that way. I do know that there are some times, even in some episodes that are going to be coming up in the second half of season two, where the acting with no dialogue is so strong and not really much in the way of even ambient sound really takes up a good portion of the episode. uh, And yet I have to try and tell a story with the clips audio wise. So it's always a challenge for me. And I always do try to make sure like in the Noel podcast to remind people to watch the episode, because if you're just listening to the audio clips, you're missing out on a whole lot of good stuff. Usually Uh, anyway, thank you at platonic underscore PC for that tweet. At Pittsburgh Nerd, which is another podcast uh, Pottern family buddy. At Pittsburgh Nerd. Follow them on Twitter to find their podcast and listen to it. it says, drove home listening to at SorkinCast. First time listening. As a Sorkin fan, I really enjoyed the show. Look forward to more episodes. Great. Uh, thank you very much. And I hope that you're continuing to listen. Um, sometimes my long-winded monologues can drive people away so hopefully i haven't done that at m rex podcast that's the movie source rex podcast which you can also find on twitter at m rex podcast 
and with the Potter and Family hashtag, ask this question. Do you think Mr. Sorkin should have received a nomination for his Steve Jobs screenplay? Uh, and that's in regards to the Oscars. Um, Oscars, so not Sorkin, hashtag. Uh, that's an interesting concept. I, you know what? I, I'm not of the caliber of Academy kind of critic where I should be judging that. I only know what I like and what I don't like. Uh, I do know that uh, he did win a Golden Globe for that particular screenplay. So it was a little surprising to me that he wasn't even nominated for the Oscars. Um, but on the other hand, you know, um, maybe they just felt like it wasn't his turn again. I, I don't know how political the Academy Awards are. I really don't follow that stuff all of that much, to be perfectly honest. But thank you very much at M Rex podcast for your question. And folks, be sure to check out their podcast as well. Movie Saurus Rex podcast. Finally, I had this uh, again, a tweet from at Carrie Winkle, who says I'm in the process of getting caught up. After finding your podcast a couple of weeks ago, I'm only on episode 18, but it's great. Great. Thank you so much. And thank you for your review in the uh, Stitcher store as well at Carrie Winkle. That's it for the tweets. We need to get to some blog comments now. First one from Keith, who says, I found your podcast around Thanksgiving. Love it. I just caught up on all of the first season. I did not tune in until the fourth season of the show, but have the DVD sets and our family have watched them all. I still lose it with the children singing at Christmas time and Yo-Yo Ma playing. So many themes and storylines that are as true today as when they aired. Keep up the good work. The sound bites you air allow me to relive the episode while I'm at work. Yes, I will vote for a cast reunion, perhaps with a Bartlett Presidential Library episode. Please keep going. For the entire seven seasons. Our family has also watched Sports Night, Studio 60, and The Newsroom. We will continue to watch Sorkin plays and TV shows. I did find out that Rob Lowe grew up down the street from Martin Sheen's house and was playing in the street with his sons for many years before the West Wing gig. Again, great job on the podcast. That's a nice little piece of trivia there about Rob Lowe. Um, yeah, I suppose he would be playing around with Emilio Estevez and those guys. So, uh, yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, there's a lot of familiarity there. That, that probably helps the chemistry with Martin Sheen and Rob Lowe, although they're both such great actors. I don't imagine it to, would even, without any uh, knowing each other ever, they would still have that kind of father-son kind of bond that you see develop over the years uh, of the West Wing. Uh, this blog comment from Suzanne uh, regarding my crackpots and these women review. Being hard on Mandy is fine. There was a reason she didn't return in season two. As for the, quote, too perfect comment about the speeches and the amazing Sorkin dialogue, don't we have the right to be inspired by television? Reality is fine, but the art of great language has been lost, and it is refreshing that someone can write a show that leaves you inspired at the end of it. The huge continued fan base of the show is a testimony to the fact that we want intelligent television. And those are all great thoughts, and I respect all of them. Um, and I, I don't mean to sound like, you know, that I think that the fairy tale endings are bad. I just tend to like things 
to be grounded in a little more realism sometimes. But that's because of the medium that has inspired so much television these days. This show was about as realistic a show as you ever got in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. It had a great deal of realism to it. It also had a great message to it, which I totally agree. So uh, thank you for your thoughts. I just wish he didn't go to the fairy tale ending just seemingly every single episode uh, because if you are going to inspire people, doing it in the same way over and over again uh, starts to run a little stale. That would be my only kind of disagreement with your great statements there. Um, thank you again, Suzanne, so much for your thoughts. And that's it for the blogs. Let's go to an email from Vicky in Australia who says, Hi, thanks a lot for the podcast. I only discovered it late last year, so I missed out on giving feedback uh, for the podcast 12. I hope you're going to continue either with the other seasons of The West Wing or with some of Aaron Sorkin's other series, such as The Newsroom. I am unable to get sports night here in Australia, but I am coming to the U.S. in March, so I might have to buy it there so I can watch it before you do a podcast on that show, too. Well, first of all, sorry we missed you while you were in the United States. I hope that you enjoyed your stay in the United States. I also hope that you were able to find... Uh, I, I don't know how um, the DVD zonings are as far as Australia goes. I would have to look that up. But I do know that in some countries, DVDs that are made for U.S. DVD players or U.S. Blu-ray players don't always work in machines that are made in, uh, you know, say like Canada or England or Russia or something like that. Um, they call them zonings, I think. I don't know, but... Hopefully you found a zoning for whatever devices that you all use there in Australia and are able to enjoy it in that fashion. I personally really like Sports Night. And again, Vicky in Australia, you have until uh, May 8th, 2016 to decide what we cover next. So go to sorkincast.wordpress.com, look at the What Next tab or the click on the What's Next page and uh, vote. Make your voice heard so that we get to... Uh, all enjoy what we want to see next together. Let's move on to an email from Josh here who says, Hi Matt, I discovered the podcast after searching for any and all podcasts concerning Aaron Sorkin on my iPhone podcast app. Needless to say, I was very excited to find your podcast as its goal seems to be the same as my daily goal. Expose as many people to Aaron Sorkin's writing as possible. It goes without saying that if Aaron Sorkin wrote a brownie recipe, that I would probably read it. However, convincing my friends and colleagues to watch the show, like The Newsroom, The West Wing, Sports Night, and etc., are often more difficult sells. I've had much more luck getting people into things like Lost, Breaking Bad, or Game of Thrones just because the subject matter sounds more initially appealing than trying to talk someone into watching an entire show about politics or the backstage of a newsroom. Regardless, I'm glad there are still so many people who love these shows and that people are still talking about them decades after they've ended. Even though I watch the first four seasons of West Wing probably once a year, I still learn things from you and your guest perspective on the podcast. 
Some of the political and military issues can be complex, even on a fourth rewatching, but the way you break things down for each episode is engaging and informative. Thank you for taking the time to break down all the clips and edit the show the way you do. I'm sure it takes a great deal of time. If I had any suggestions for how to continue the podcast, I would say go with the first four seasons of West Wing while continuing a few sidebars of his movies as you've done so far. Then move to the newsroom, a series that I'm sure will get some polarizing debates and feedback. Then Sports Night, then Studio 60. And by the time you're done with all of that in 2020, I'm sure there'll be plenty more to talk about. (laughs) Thank you again for all your time and work towards this podcast. And I will continue looking forward to Sundays when I can get my Sorkin fix. All right, uh, Josh, thank you so much uh, for that email and for your thoughts on that. Again, you want to find out what we're doing next or you want to have a say in what we're doing next, sorkincast.wordpress.com. Go to the What's Next tab and vote and make your voice heard. And as as far as uh, trying to sell people on Sorkin, it's true. It's sometimes the easiest thing to do is just to make a person sit down and watch an episode with you. That's the only way I've really been able to convince any of my friends to do so, is to force it upon them. (laughs) Because they go, well, what's this? What's this? And then they see the episode, and they see the brilliant acting, and they see the cadence of Aaron Sorkin's writing is just so musical that I I think it really hits people on on a subliminal level that they don't even realize that they're getting. And um, once you, you can get them to commit to watching at least one episode, then they're usually hooked. It's It's... You know, I, I suppose there are people who hate Sorkin, but I haven't met any yet. Let me just put it that way. Another email from Josh, and this one was regarding Season 2, Episode 7, The Portland Trip. Concerning your comments on the scene in The Portland Trip as to why Donna and Ainsley would have the conversation about them looking alike, I've often wondered if this was a network note that Sorkin had been getting from the producers or from fans after he introduced the character of Ainsley. Originally, I thought the whole conversation was an inside joke of Sorkin saying, no, these two do not look alike, and he goes about addressing it through his characters. Perhaps he was getting notes from one of them to dye their hair or change their appearance, as Donna suggested. Maybe the actresses themselves were hearing comments about it. I agree with you that it doesn't seem to make sense in regards to Donna's date earlier that evening, and the whole conversation seems completely out of left field. This, of course, is all speculation, but it sounds like something Sorkin would do, as he's often written scenes in his shows that relate to external issues. Just a theory. Yeah, it could have been a fourth wall thing. Could very well have been. I like that thought, Josh. Thank you so much for that email. This email from John, and this was regarding episode five of season two, and it's surely to their credit. Snuffy and his woodwind Americana. Great insight. I like your Snuffy comments. Digging the new season of the podcast. Also some great stuff in the app, like drinks with small umbrellas, shush kebabs, classic Eric Sorkin. Uh, yeah, you know, I, as a musician, um, I, I've done podcasts before where I totally do a whole section on breaking down the score and everything, but it seems to me that Snuffy goes to the well a lot, and that's fine. I mean, that's perfect uh, for that, especially for this particular show where all of the things are kind of morphing over the top. I mean, the guy would have to be 
writing totally new themes every single week um, and multiple themes within each episode. And the time constraints of television just really don't allow that, especially back in the late 90s, early 2000s, where you were cranking out sometimes as many as 24 episodes a season. You just really can't do that. I mean, even Ramin Javadi, who does a great job on Game of Thrones, gets a lot of his themes for person of interest um, just reused over and over again in that television show, just because there isn't time to score brand new stuff, as opposed to a Game of Thrones where you have a finite set of episodes and character-based themes as opposed to situational-based themes, which is what both The West Wing and Person of Interest seem to have. So Snuffy did a great job with the time that he had, um, but I, I just feel like I'd be repeating myself a lot if I tried to break down Snuffy's score with each episode. So that's why I don't do it for this particular podcast. Here's another email from John regarding Season 2, Episode 7, The Portland Trip. The sit room without President of the United States less dramatic? I think Snuffy takes the drama down in the cues as well. You had mentioned how it seems that the situation room scenes when Bartlett is not there were less dramatic, and I had hoped that Snuffy had responsibility for that as he uses a lot of less dramatic flourishes, etc. in that particular scene. It is another example of just how much responsibility for moving the storyline the score takes when in the hands of a master. I remember that from my film scoring classes long ago. Excellent, John. Well, I'm glad that you're a a composer and that you took film scoring classes. So did I. Yeah, um, I didn't really put that much thought into that. For me, it's just that Martin Sheen eats up the camera so much. And it probably is aided by Snuffy's score in that way. But it, it always seems that Leo is just so measured, if you know what I mean. Leo's always just... I mean, occasionally he gets passionate about something, but in in a, in a military situation, being from the military himself, he's just really measured. And I, I, I think that that's why when Leo's in the situation room as opposed to Bartlett, I don't get as much of excitement because you never know what Bartlett's going to say in the situation room. He's always got some kind of really snide comment or uh, some kind of great insight. And, you know, there's a level of anticipation when the president is in the uh, situation room as opposed to Leo, because typically Leo's role there is just to gather the facts and then relay them to the president. Right. I mean, the only example of him actually having to be involved in the decision actual decision-making process rather than just as an advisor was during the two gunmen episodes. Uh, But great, great observation there, John, and I'm glad you're into film scoring stuff as much as I am. Have this email next from Suda, and uh, thank you very much, Suda, for writing in. I am one of the million wingnuts and enjoy rewatching West Wing whenever I can, but I don't always have time to sit and watch. But I have close to three hours of commuting time, Enter your podcast. Now I'm actually looking forward to my daily commute. I've only heard two so far, the Portland trip and the lame duck Congress. Man, you are thorough. I thought I was a whiz at analyzing each episode, not anymore. You picked up on so many nuances that I had completely missed. I have only two specific feedback comments for now. First, I do not think your voice is annoying. Au contraire, it has the distinct Joshua Molina-esque recognizable timbre to it. So, no need to apologize or try different tones. Those were bad. Uh, Second, 
I love how you weave in the role of Snuffy's music. That's what, when, and how loud. Really good. Could you try and weave in the role of lighting, too? I have noticed that the way the light flashes brightly or not during the walk and talks or the play of shadows shades the plot subtly. Anyway, just something to consider. Hear you soon. Um, boy, you know, I, I love good uh, film, but I have to admit that usually the angle that the camera's at or the lighting are the last two things that I notice when I watch something. I pay attention to the writing and the acting and the music score pretty much in that order. And then uh, maybe the light thing will hit me. But I will try to be more observant in future podcasts, probably not this next block that I just recorded a while back uh, for the second half of season two. But maybe uh, when we start our next run, and again, go to sorkincast.wordpress.com and, and vote for what we cover after season two of West Wing, you have until May 8th. But I, I, I will try in whatever next season we produce, I will try my best to make more note of the cinematography and of the lighting. Because those people do color the way we feel about episodes uh, on a subliminal level really just as importantly as a film score. Uh, I totally agree with you on its importance. It's just maybe my eye is not that studied at it. Um, So it has to be almost kind of a little drastic for me to really notice it. But I'll try and be more observant in the future. Thank you, Suda. And another email from Suda who says, I went to work listening to Shibboleth, another of my all-time favorite episodes. I loved yours and Axel's analysis. You capture the overall emotion of the episode so completely. Shibboleth symbolizes for me compassion and faith, and I thought your analysis really pulled that emotion through each vignette and narration. I came home listening to In This White House, how cleverly you tugged the theme of duty through each dialogue and plot twists. And yes, I too love Ainsley and Leo. And you made me realize that Sorkin lays seeds for duty. They're all about duty in the next episode right here. Your background in music is really becoming more apparent to me as I listen to your perception of the quick-witted duet of lyrics in the dialogue. What you said today made me think that West Wing could easily come back as a Broadway musical. Walk and talk with two or three sets and a clever plot. Wouldn't that be great? Well, you know, um, I would love to see um, Sorkin do more play stuff. Because, you know, like A Few Good Men was originally a play on Broadway. And I think that there is actually going to be a live television production of A Few Good Men or some Sorkin play. I think it's A Few Good Men. Um, I, I don't. I think it's NBC that is planning to do this, a, uh, a, a live broadcast of that in its play form, which would be very interesting for me to see. I, I can't, if they actually, I think it's got greenlit, but I don't know exactly when it's going to happen. It's probably still at least a year away. Um, but it, if it does happen uh, and NBC greenlights it uh, for the final go before they air it, I, I'll look forward to that. I'll I'll cancel the gig. I'll stay home uh, just to watch that on television live because um, there's nothing like experiencing a bunch of actors in a theater setting. I think that that would be fantastic to see. 
And yes, uh, I think that Sorkin has done a lot of his, I mean, the whole idea of a teleplay just speaks volumes to Sorkin himself and, and his capabilities. So, very good. Thank you very much for those emails, Suda. This email from Lindsay. First, let me start by saying that since I found this podcast in January, I've been listening on my commute to get caught up, and I love it. The West Wing is my all-time favorite show, and the opportunity to relive it in a podcast form is awesome. I just listened to your coverage of Noel, which is one of my top two favorite episodes of the series, and I agree that there is so much more when you are watching it versus just listening. I'll likely go rewatch tonight. I'm curious what your thoughts are on the random weaving in of family members. So far, we've seen Leo's sister, and we've heard about Toby's brother briefly in Galileo, and we've heard briefly about Josh's sister as well. I thought I'd share. There's actually another podcast called The West Wing Weekly, and it's actually Josh Molina. Have you heard this? What are your thoughts, and will it impact what you pick next since you are the Sorkin cast and not just the West Wing. Looking forward to some good upcoming episodes. Season two is my absolute favorite of the entire series. All right. Well, Lindsay, first, uh, season two is one of my favorite uh, series of uh, seasons of Sorkin's of all time. I mean, I would put season two of the West Wing up against any other season of television he's written or produced. Um, and I, I think that, you know, it would definitely uh, fare very well against even his strongest season of Newsroom or his strongest season of Sports Night or uh, any of the movies that he's written um, just on a whole. Uh, I think that that's absolutely great. And thank you. Uh, I couldn't remember the name of Josh Molina's podcast, folks. It's called The West Wing Weekly. And I'm sure that it's fun of full of great insights. I listened actually, I, I said earlier that I didn't listen to the whole, uh, to his podcast. I actually haven't listened to a whole one of his podcasts. I got about 15 minutes into the very first one and I stopped because, uh, I realized that if I listen to his podcast, it might influence my opinions about things. And I, I don't want that to happen. I want to have my own opinions about things as a fan. Once I get, this podcast done, uh, I think as someone mentioned earlier, may, might be 2020 before this podcast is done. Uh, but uh, once I get done, then I'll go back and I'll listen to all of the podcasts that cover this show and um, check what they think against what I think. Um, and that will be fun for me because I'll get to experience it all over again because it certainly is fun to talk about this stuff and hear from you guys and your thoughts about it. Uh, as far as the interweaving of family members, that's interesting. Yeah, um, you know, Josh's sister was brought up a little bit in season one. Uh, and, of course, she has passed away. The whole thing about Josh's father was brought up in season one as well. And then the whole thing with Toby's brother. Um, there's there's lots of stuff that can be talked about that in a spoiler section, I suppose. Um, not, maybe not so much, uh, here, but yes, Toby's brother, uh, actually came up in the end of season one. His brother was the one in the space shuttle where they couldn't get the shuttle bay doors closed. So there's lots of mentions of, of Toby's brother, even as far back as season one, the end of season one, the very last episode of season one, I guess. And I, I don't know what to make of that. I, I think it's just supposed to demonstrate that these people do have lives, outside of the White House. Uh, but maybe the fact that we don't hear about them a whole lot 
is because they have to sacrifice so much of that family life. I just recently, you know, did the whole second half of season two, and I feel like that more and more people get mentioned in terms of family members and how you really get the idea that you're, uh, and especially in in, uh, a couple of key episodes, 16 and 17 coming up, you get the idea of how kind of separated this whole staff is from their family. So it's kind of a, a blessing to them to have family members mentioned every once in a while or a chance to talk to family members. Um, so I think that that's kind of the overall theme as to why they just get kind of weave in and out uh, as the series goes along is to help to develop the individual characters, but also to show that a great deal of sacrifice is being made by our main characters in order to do the job that they're doing. Uh, but great thoughts, Lindsay. Thank you so much. Here's an email from MP who says, I've been binge listening to your podcast. So enjoyable to revisit the show. The writing and characters have held up over time, even though the show now feels a bit like a fable or a fairy tale compared to the current political environment. I have a few general comments slash suggestions. One, have you considered researching old recaps like the New York Times Entertainment Weekly to enhance the rewatch? It might add a little context from the time. I find it fun to notice how the TV medium has changed since the late 1990s. Uh, Two, including comments from the actors, directors, writers, maybe from DVD extra content or other sources, adds a lot to your discussion. Three, pet peeve. Please stop saying ship to support a romantic relationship, or at least try saying it less frequently. Perhaps I am showing my middle age, but the slang seems out of place in your otherwise articulate broadcast. Would Sorkin use that kind of slang? I doubt it. Sorry. Um, Four, I like the spoilers discussions at the end of the show, so keep them coming. Many of us have watched the entire series, and it's fun to hear the discussions of the comings and goings of story threads, even if those threads are inconsistent. Five, I enjoy the consistency of opening your show with a walk and talk and quick jabs. Some episodes you sound like you're just tossing them out there to get them out of the way, but I think they are a great way to set the stage, so give them their due. Six, after listening to the most recent podcast, Noel, and after being a bit sad that I have caught up to you, I realized how the audio-only medium allows us to experience the writing in a different way. You sometimes comment that audio only limits how we experience a scene, but I think it sometimes we get a very different enhanced perspective. For example, listening to the overlay of the Bach cello, the flashback sounds, and Josh and his therapist talking punctuated through the chaos in Josh's head. I felt that chaos when I watched the episode, but listening offered a different experience. I noticed this with the walk and talk also. Taking away the camera work and the actor's visible actions slash reactions immerses me in the writing. I love this. I also enjoy when you talk about the music and how it adds or sometimes subtracts from the emotion or the action of a scene. Perhaps because you are a musician, your connections to music seem organic and valuable. Thanks for your insights. And uh, MP, thank you so much for your insights uh, and for your criticisms. I really appreciate this. Again, it's one of these things where I do 10 episodes at a time. Usually when I'm recording, um, I spend about a, <laughs> uh, sometimes as many as five days getting clips together for all of it. And then I 
just rattle through and and record the podcast usually, which is why towards the end of a, a, a run, getting closer to a feedback section, I probably sound like my voice is giving out. That's because, you know, I may be recording my fourth or fifth podcast in a row. So given my limited amount of time that I have to do these podcasts these days, because I do have other podcasts that I do too, so I have to give them their just due, um, I, all of the extra research for looking up New York Times articles or or trying to get uh, actors to comment from me or to go to the DVDs and try and pull things from commentaries and stuff, I would love to do. I think they're great ideas. Um, and maybe if another podcast uh, that covers West Wing or any Sorkin shows, if you happen to be listening to this podcast, maybe that's something you should do with your podcast. Um, I just simply can't find the time to do that. Now, about saying shipping, uh, I've become a Tumblr fan. And so that it's become very easy for me to fall into that trap. And I apologize if that annoys you. I can't guarantee you that that's going to change because I just recorded a whole block of episodes. Uh, you know, so I'm, I doubt that that will change any in the next uh, few episodes coming up. However, I will attempt in the next season run uh, to not say that as much if it annoys you that much. Um, I can't believe sometimes I, the, the problem is, is that I've, I've so much into that now. Um, well, not into this, the slang and everything, but I, I do try to stay as a musician. You kind of have to understand what the kids are saying to you, uh, if they're complimenting you or if they're, <laughs> or if they're killing you, uh, with their little blog comments or whatever. So I feel like, uh, I do have to stay up with it. And sometimes I forget, you know, it just becomes part of my vernacular, um, and it's definitely not Sorkin-esque, uh, but uh, I, I don't think you should totally ignore the pop culture of today either, I guess is what I'll say. Um, and uh, spoiler discussions come when I, I feel they're really necessary. Um, oftentimes I don't because I feel like I can allude to things in the main part of the discussion that people who have rewatched or are rewatching the show can get, they can kind of gleam from what I'm saying and understand where I'm going with that. Whereas uh, new and, and hopefully I'm still slipping it kind of over the new watchers heads. Uh, that's what I try to do. And I, that's a tough needle to thread. I understand. And I'm not the world's best at it. Uh, and when I'm not the world's best at it, then I try to just go ahead and, and save it for a spoiler section. So, uh, hopefully, uh, we've satisfied you there. And, uh, I like your idea about the whole audio, uh, experience for you. I think that that's fantastic too. There are moments where there's just silence, you know, uh, especially in a couple of, uh, upcoming episodes where there's just a clock ticking, uh, and silence. And so much is said visually in those moments um, that you can never get in an audio podcast. Um, so that's why uh, I sometimes make that comment. Um, but I agree that the, the music and um, you can get a different perspective on what's being said or even how it's being said by taking away the facial expressions or being distracted by camera moves going through walls as people whisk down hallways. I do understand. Uh, I think that's a great point to make. So thank you very much. Uh, MP for all of those great thoughts. And we'll move on to an email from Kat, a quick one who says, I love the West Wing and rewatching it with your podcast. I especially love the spoiler segments where you point out how things in a particular episode connect to earlier or later themes. Thanks for all your hard work. 
Um, thank you very much, Kat, for sending the email. And uh, thanks for listening, of course. Thanks to all of you uh, for listening, of course. But um, really appreciate that. And I, I do get a lot of comments about do more spoiler sections and that kind of thing. Um, I hopefully explain that a little bit in the in the prior email. But I will try to uh, see if I can find places to put in more spoiler sections uh, when I feel them appropriate. This email from Yannick. I've been a fan of Sorkin's work, especially The West Wing, that I watched during its original airing from 1999. Being from Canada, it was my way of getting a crash course in American politics. Since then, I rewatch them all every year or two. Every now and then, I still get something new and an extra level of meaning behind the great work that I'm watching. After seeing a social media post in regards to the new West Wing podcast by cast member Joshua Molina... I then decided to search for other available podcasts and yours really raised above the herd. Your structure with the walk and talk, quick jabs, excerpts, spoilers after the end jingle is well thought of. And you and your guests, when you have one, you don't have enough guests for my taste, though. uh, Do a nice analysis of the actor's work and the screenplay. Now, in regards to the season you're analyzing right now, season two, it's the one that really establishes the series. Some of my favorite episodes are produced, like In This White House, Galileo and Noel, and others towards the end of the season. It's also the one that brings in some of my favorite guest stars, such as Anna Deaver Smith as Nancy McNally, Emily Proctor as Ainsley Hayes, John Larroquette as Lionel Tribby. Okay, it was only for one episode, but so good. Adam Arkin as Stanley Keyworth, and the list goes on and on. Keep up the great work, and I'll be following your podcast. All right, thank you, Yannick. And folks, I guess I should let you know that I hope to have Yannick on as a guest in a, in a future podcast episode. Um, so look forward to that. We've been talking back and forth on email, and um, uh, his resume is pretty impressive, and I, I, I want to talk to him since he's a fellow fan. And finally... I have one more email here, and this one is from Jim. It's the most recent email. It actually came in a day after the deadline, but since I'm recording two days after the deadline, I'm able to sneak it in. Uh, Jim says, Love the show a lot. It's a good critique on a favorite show. I appreciate the deconstruction, and you frequently bring up points I hadn't considered. I'm only at lies, damn lies, and statistics, and had a very late note you might appreciate. When Bartlett is going on about his knowledge of Micronesia, he mentions the island of Yap. You mentioned that this is probably just one of those bits of trivia that Sorkin loves to throw in, and I agreed with you when I first saw the episode decades ago. A few years ago, however, I heard a report on NPR on a book about the history of economics where it turns out that Micronesia and Yap in particular is a fascinating place for economists and has been for years. The giant stone coins they used as currency were amazingly primitive, but an effective version of how the value of currency is beyond cash on hand used by many Europeans at the time. A person or family could exchange the coins, even when they are impossible to move. Ownership was understood as more of a fluid kind of like currency today. A Nobel Prize winning economist would find this kind of thing very interesting. 
It's like a bank without central funds in the vault. Anyway, keep up the great work. Thanks, I'll keep powering through. Well, thanks for powering through, Jim, and for that great insight. I had no idea. I really didn't. Um, that That is awesome. That is so cool. Uh, did Sorkin know that when he wrote that stuff for Bartlett? I just wonder. I just wonder if he did know that, and that's why he threw all that in, uh, because we do know that Bartlett is an economist, so that would make perfect sense. That's awesome. That's fantastic. And folks, that is all for our emails that don't have anything to do past where we are right now. I do have a couple of spoiler additions that I will place after the end music for those of you who have seen all of the series. But otherwise, thank you so much for submitting your feedback. Don't forget, we have another feedback deadline for after we finish Season 2. That deadline is July 12th, 2016. And if you wish to submit any feedback for any of the Season 2 episodes, feel free to chime in then. You can send an email to SorkinCast at gmail.com or you can tweet at SorkinCast or you can leave a voicemail by calling 314 314- Six six nine one eight four zero, and I'll be sure to play your voicemail on the next feedback podcast, which will come out the week after that deadline. In the meantime, we're going to get into season two once again next week. We'll start with season two, episode twelve, the drop in. And thanks so much for listening. If you're not going to stick around for the spoiler section. Then we'll see you next time on the Sorkin Cast and take care. Find all of the back episodes, links, and more information at sorkincast.wordpress.com. Leave the podcast a written review at our iTunes or Stitcher store pages. To submit feedback, send emails to sorkincast at gmail.com or call 314 669 1840. The Sorkin cast is a member of the Rewatching Good TV network. So, spoilers. If you haven't seen all of the West Wing all the way through the end, then you probably shouldn't be here unless you don't mind being spoiled. And you have been warned. Uh, we had an email earlier from Lindsay. And she had an additional comment that I wanted to include in the spoiler section because I felt it was relevant since we're following Josh post-Noel. Lindsay asked, I'll be curious to see if your coverage of PTSD with Josh as we go on as it kind of fades away, similar to how you have mentioned the MS fades in and out after we find out about it. I also love Stanley Keyworth when he comes back. That character was written perfectly to stand up to both Josh and the president in future seasons. Amazing writing slash character there. And I can't wait to hear your discussion of how he interacts with the president in future episodes. All right. Thank you, Lindsay. Um, Yeah, they did kind of drop off with Josh's PTSD. The thing that I take from it, though, 
and, and with the Noel episode, he seems very committed to treatment. And we get to the episode, somebody's going to emergency and somebody's going to jail, where he talks about how people are uh, trying to kill him uh, by throwing a banana at him. And what I think that really says is that Josh is handling things well, because that's a very hostile environment that could re-excite his PTSD, and yet it doesn't bother him as much. And so I think that what that is trying to say is that he is going through the right steps. He's taken Stanley Keyworth's advice, and he is actually working on, you know, being able to curtail that within himself. And Josh is a a brilliant guy, um, so he's probably intellectualizing it a little bit, too. And he's probably um, willing himself, given his strong will, to be able to manage it better than he was before. I think the whole key with the Noel episode is that the episode was caused by the music and it was something that came out of the blue. And until he has another one of those kind of triggers, it may not be something that he has to work on too hard on screen. Um, But as far as Stanley Keyworth goes, oh man, his talks with the president are absolutely fabulous. I can't wait till we get into uh, season four to talk about those. That's great. Um, And then finally, this email from Kristen, who says, I'm just tuning into your Sorkin cast and watching the West Wing as you are rapidly approaching, quote unquote, the drop in episode. I am hoping that you will address the ending of the scene with Cornelius Sykes ending with him telling CJ, see you next time, which is a polite, question mark, sneaky, question mark, way to say, and folks, I I actually, I really have a hard time saying this word. I'll just say that it starts with a C, and it rhymes with hunt. Um, I'm just uncomfortable saying that word, sorry. Um, But Kristen goes on to say, this snuck by me the first time I watched so I'm certain it's snuck by many viewers. Uh, and Kristen, thanks for the email. And uh, I've never even known that reference. So it would have went totally over my head. I wonder how many people's heads it went over at that time. I mean, pulp culture changes on a daily basis. So um, what even you wrote here um, just a month ago um, may not even be relevant now. I'm not sure that that's how quickly things change these days. Um, but I, I can say that it totally went over my head. Uh, but thanks for mentioning it. And folks, that's it. Don't forget sorkincast.wordpress.com. That's where you can find the poll to vote on what's coming up next for this Sorkin cast. After we finish season two, um, you have until U.S. Mother's Day, May 8th, 2016 to vote on that you already heard the contact links in the in bumper so thanks for listening and we'll be back next week take care